From NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News, this is the Lone Star Politics Podcast. I'm Chris Blake. After a horrific week that included temperatures below zero, power outages for millions of Texans, and water shortages or boil notices all over the state, Texas residents are looking for answers. This week on the podcast, Julie Fine and Gromer Jeffers will talk to State Representative Craig Goldman, a Republican who chairs the House Energy Resources Committee. Goldman represents the state's 97th district in southwest Tarrant County, which includes all of Benbrook and parts of Fort Worth. They'll also talk to Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins about the impact of the weather in Dallas County and how the conditions impacted efforts to distribute the COVID-19 vaccine. And then on to Ted Cruz's short trip to Cancun last week, which drew national attention. First, a little background on ERCOT. ERCOT is the Electric Reliability Council of Texas and is the entity responsible for maintaining most of the state's power grid. Governor Greg Abbott last week called ERCOT, quote, anything but reliable, end quote. Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson appeared on the Today Show Friday calling for change. We've seen in this situation that there are issues, there are major issues uh, with the reliability of our electric grid. We need to look at what happened. We need to figure out what went wrong. But every option needs to be on the table. This can't be a political game. This has to be a, a situation where we do what's right for Texas. The only parts of the state's power grid not controlled by ERCOT are in El Paso, a part of the Panhandle, and part of East Texas. The Texas power grid is deregulated and decentralized, so the state does not have the ability to import power from other states, and vice versa, it cannot export power to other states in times of crisis there. And despite some claims that certain energy sources were to blame for the outage, the reality is that both fossil fuels and renewable energy sources were impacted by the sub-zero temperatures. Goldman says the Energy Resource Committee will hold hearings this week in Austin to try to start to uncover what went wrong. Here he is with Julian Gromer. Joining us this morning, State Representative Craig Goldman of Fort Worth, who is the Energy Resources Chair. Thank you so much for being with us. We haven't seen you in a while, so we're glad to have you back. Thanks for having me, Julie. I appreciate it. You will be holding a hearing this week in Austin after the massive power failure. What's really the goal here? Yeah, so this Thursday, we uh, have been tasked by Speaker Dade Phelan to have a joint hearing an unprecedented joint hearing of the State Affairs Committee in the House and the Energy Resources Committee. Uh, as you said in the opening, we've been through a what we hope is a one-time historic event in our state. It affected all 29 million Texans. Uh, and, and in times of tragedy like we've just been through uh, last week and continuing on this week, um, there are also stories of incredible hope and, and uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things to help their fellow citizens. Neighbors taking in neighbors and people opening their restaurants, feeding people for free, uh, people supplying water uh, throughout the state for people who currently still are without water. And so we're going to go through all that in our hearings on Thursday. We're bringing stakeholders to the table. Uh, obviously, ERCOT will be there, PUC will be there, the uh, Railroad Commission, all the stakeholders that are involved in what happened this past week are going to be present, and they will testify, and the people will be, of Texas will be able to have the opportunity to watch that as well. Um, you go to house.texas.gov, uh, we will have that live video feed uh, going on for the entire hearing. We're going to start at 9 a.m. on Thursday, and I don't know how long we'll go, but we're going to go to the very last witnesses there. Representative, based on what you know now, did ERCOT, and ERCOT is the entity in charge of the power grid, did ERCOT plan well enough 
uh, for the storm, a storm we knew in advance was coming? Well, Gromer, I'll be honest with you. Uh, there'll be plenty of time, and this is part of what the hearings are for, to assess uh, if someone uh, is to blame or if someone should have done something better. Uh, I know my fellow state representatives and I have been doing nothing but helping uh, our constituents uh, this past week. One, get power restored. Now that it appears that power is restored, it's a matter of helping supply them with uh, water um, and, and shelter for those still in need of shelter because many homes have been flooded out by broken pipes. So we're still in the mode of helping our constituents. And as I said, Thursday begins the questioning of the stakeholders involved to find out if anything went wrong, what went wrong, who's to blame, and more importantly, what solutions moving forward we can do as a state legislature, uh, any laws that need to be passed to make sure that this absolutely never happens again, because we're Texas and we're way better than what happened this last week. I'm glad you mentioned the legislature because in 2011, you had a bad storm. It wasn't like this, but it was bad. And, and lawmakers got together and they decided you know, how to proceed and how to go forward. Will you guys look inward and determine whether you dropped the ball or not as a body, as a legislature? Did the leaders of Texas uh, drop the ball as well? Yeah, and, and I'll point out many of the current members actually weren't even there in 2011. Okay. But um, to that point, we're certainly going to take a look at that. And we're going to see the recommendations that were made in 2011. And again, 2011 did not affect uh, the entire state did not affect all 254 counties, all 29 million people the way this did. Uh, this was a, a, a an incredible event. Uh, like I said, hopefully just a one-time lifetime event in our history. But like I said, we're going to review what, what the recommendations were in 2011. We're going to see uh, if, if those uh, recommendations to winterize many of our, um, um, our, our operations weren't taken effect. And what we need to do as a body to make sure that that is taken care of moving forward. As we've all been discussing, Texas does have its own power grid, so we couldn't depend on other states to really help us out when we came up short. Do you think that we need to change that? No, I don't. I think, you know, like I said, you know, I, I keep repeating myself that this is a, hopefully a one-time event, but obviously there are, there are ways to fix what happened. Now, um, you know, uh, People talk about uh, we need to get rid of wind energy. We were too dependent on that. Well, in, in fact, that is part of our grid, up to 23% of our grid, but on a perfect day. So when, when the windmills freeze, uh, they can't provide any energy. When the solar panels are covered in snow and there's clouds, they can't provide any energy. Uh, natural gas was doing a tremendous job of doing uh, the very best they can to supply the grid uh, with power. But when some of their taps froze, um, uh, you know, they were taken off the grid. So uh, I, I think there are fixes uh, we can put in place. And again, that starts Thursday. The discussion begins on Thursday of what those fixes are. And hopefully we can move forward and provide those fixes and provide what never ever needs to be done. So we don't we aren't ever in this position again. All right, Chair, there are obviously a lot of people you want to talk with. How do you actually conduct this hearing right in the middle of the pandemic? Well, that's a great point. We, we have to remember uh, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So we are calling, uh, we, it's invited testimony only. And uh, Chairman Patty and I have agreed that we are going to uh, do this jointly with our two committees per the request of Speaker Phelan. So we'll have 24 members um, total on, on the dais in our committee. Uh, we are taking over actually the appropriations room, the largest committee room uh, available. 
Uh, and we, it was very important to us that we take over a committee room that actually has the ability for the public to watch and the public to have input. There is a public portal uh, for anybody to provide input. Uh, if you have any questions for any of the stakeholders, we're happy to ask those on behalf of the public. Uh, or you can call my office. We'll be happy to respond to anybody who calls, as we've been doing for the last um, week uh, to all of our constituents. We're here to help, and we're here to ask questions on behalf of the public uh, to all the stakeholders, like I said, to to see what went right and what went wrong, because it seems like more went wrong than right, and we got to get to the bottom of it, and we have to fix it so it never happens again. Representative, let me get you out of here on this. It's been a long winter, but spring training, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Ranger baseball, there is hope around the corner, right? Yeah. Spring, spring training has begun and pitchers and catchers have reported and, and there's, look, we're, we're an incredible people, right? We're incredibly resilient and, and Texans especially. I, the last um, thing we have that, to compare this to is Hurricane Harvey and look at the ordinary people that did extraordinary things back then and the, we're, we're going to have the same stories that come out of this uh, uh, horrific event. And, and we move on as a people and we help each other out. And that's what we're gonna continue to do because we're Texas and we're better than, than what's happened in the last week. State Representative Craig Goldman, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to coming back soon, Julie. For resources on how you can help, updates on power and water, and NBC5 investigates reports into ERCOT, visit NBCDFW.com. On top of the power and water issues, we're still dealing with a pandemic. The winter storm disrupted operations at large-scale COVID-19 vaccine sites across North Texas, including Dallas County's Fair Park site. County Judge Clay Jenkins joins Julian Gromer to discuss how the county goes about catching up. Judge, we're going to get to COVID in a minute, but first, what needs to be done to make sure we don't have a power failure like this again? Well, we need weatherization of our generation plants. You know, this is completely predictable. Uh, the governors were told they needed to order weatherization. When you don't order it in a commodity market, in a regulated utility market, you're ordering people not to do it. And so what ended up happening is, of course, the generators are gonna build a cheaper product that makes them more profit, but that did not protect us uh, in, in this tough weather. So that has to be done, and we've got to, to modernize our, our uh, pipeline system under the ground. I testified in front of the legislature uh, in the last session about the importance of this. That pipeline system froze with the gas that went to those power plants, and that's the biggest reason why we sat around uh, without heat for days here and why your pipes are breaking. Judge, given what, all that you just said, should Texas continue to have an independent power grid? Well, the, the, that's, a, that's a different policy question. The, the fix to the problem that we just had is for governors to put in regulations like we have uh, in minimal standards like we have in every other state so that you build a system that can withstand something worse than the extremes. And the reason you do that, if you build something to uh, 20 below zero, it may still fail at, at zero. But you've got to build a resilient system and not have an antiquated one uh, where you just let the market determine whether they put safety for consumers uh, in the system or not. Let's turn now to the vaccine. A lot of people weren't able to get their first and second shots this past week. So what happens now? 
Well, so we'll focus on second shots, uh, Julian Gromer. Uh, we're open today. We'll be open every day. I've got a Department of De Defense shooter team helping us very soon. Today, we have 43 doctors who are taking their Sunday off uh, to help us catch up on second shots. We have 15 uh, shooters from Kroger Pharmacy. We have our own team, too, and some firefighters. So we're going to be busy today. We're going to help a lot of people. You'll get uh, notices as to what days, uh, what uh, what back days when your second shot was due is available uh, on that day. And then you can come in that day or, or on a future day and we'll take care of you. Judge, how behind are you and how do you go about catching up? Well, in the whole Metroplex, we're hundreds of thousands of shots behind. Uh, just at Fair Park, we're 22,000 shots behind at the beginning of the day. Wow. So that is a large number. So how long do you think it'll take to get to where you need to be? Well, it depends on um, how many shooters we have or vaccinators we have and volunteers that we have. We can do a lot of people in decent weather in our drive-through. Um, if we can use some of those drive-through lanes. Now, um, on Wednesday, we start our Pfizer uh, uh, vaccine there with our federal partnership where we'll be vaccinating uh, the 17 hardest hit, most vulnerable zip codes in Dallas County uh, with our federal partners. So they'll take up some of those lanes, but we should still have some. And we'll, if we can get that good throughput going, um, we should be able to catch up in about seven days. The Biden administration has announced plans to increase vaccine availability. Are you seeing things improving in Dallas County? You know, I am. Our numbers are going down. Our hospitalization numbers uh, on Friday were the lowest they've been since November the 10th. Um, still have a lot of deaths. Those are a function of the high numbers we had a while back. But we're getting more vaccine. Uh, with this federal partnership, we're going to be vaccinating 21,000 people this week on top of our normal numbers, um, uh, you know, with new vaccine. So it is improving thanks to the Biden administration. And we're very glad for all the help. You know, also they jumped in immediately on this storm and declared a disaster uh, and opened up individual assistance for uh, homeowners and renters who are either uninsured or underinsured. Judge, we're seeing the numbers this week go down, the number of cases. We're seeing them go down. Do you think that has to do with the fact that they're, we're on a swing here of downward movement or is a lot of it people couldn't go out and get COVID tests during this weather? Well, they're, they're going down a lot right now for the, for the latter reason. And because our reporting systems are compromised, when, when you don't have power uh, at the office where they're doing the reporting, you get artificially low numbers. But even before this storm, we were seeing the numbers going in the right direction. So I do think we're on a good trend here. Our R factor, which is how, how many people get COVID, from a person who has COVID is all the way down below 7.7 now. So if 100 people have COVID, they're being replaced by less than 70 people. That is one of the best R factors that we've seen. There's a lot of good things happening here, but we have to keep wearing our mask, avoid those crowds. We'll let you know when you can loosen it up and register for and get your vaccine as soon as you're eligible. Judge Clay Jenkins, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz was widely criticized last week for taking a trip to Cancun in the midst of the crisis unfolding in Texas. 
Cruz initially said he planned to fly there with his daughters and return the next day. That narrative quickly unraveled when the New York Times obtained text messages from Cruz's wife, Heidi Cruz, inviting friends on the trip. The messages were confirmed to the Times by two people on the thread. Cruz made an appearance on Fox News Thursday night. I had initially planned to stay through the weekend and to work remotely there, but, but as, I, as I was heading down there, I, you know, I started to have second thoughts almost immediately because the crisis here in Texas, you need to be here on the ground. Here's Julian Gromer on Cruz and the rest of the week in North Texas. It was an obvious mistake, which is so shocking, which is why people are shocked that it happened in the first place. You know, Cruz, Senator Cruz prides himself in being a shrewd and, and smart politician. I mean, we've talked to him a lot about politics over the years. So this is one of those errors that, you know, is, is perplexing. And at the same time, not only did he, he take the trip, but the, the response afterward was really lacking and raised a lot of other questions. And, and Julie, that's, I think, what the bigger problem is, his response to actually making the decision to go on the trip. Well, I think? I think you had to unpeel the onion as the response. Like, first it was, I came back, then I was supposed to stay the weekend, but I decided to come back. So I think, basically, I, I just think that the thing developed very, very quickly for him, and he really had to keep up with that. Don't you think, Romer? Yeah, he did. But, and it, you know, when you're in that moment, right, uh, you never anticipate that, yeah, people are going to find out your itinerary, they're going to get uh, text messages or whatever uh, was reported out there. And, and, you know, one of the unfortunate things about it is that, you know, family members got brought into it, which you never, you really never want, want that as to a, happen as a, as a politician. So, you know, at some point, though, when things like this happen, own up to it, admit you made a mistake, right, and, and do what he did. Well, one, either don't come back or either decide, hey, I made a mistake. I'm going to go back to, to, to Houston and own up to it and, and then move on from there. And own up to it quickly because that yeah. way it doesn't go for as long. Yeah, now he's stuck with that and other stuff. You know, remember, we just had the January 6th riot where he had part of that as well in terms of his, you know, what was going on there. Gromer, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. This is a week that we're really ready to put behind us. No kidding, right? I mean, it's like, I just remember being here last Sunday, and, and we, we all knew that something different was going to happen, right? And we knew that uh, there would be uh, snow and, and storms and, well, and cold weather. Because we all listen to Rick Mitchell, right? That's right. Our Rick Mitchell's in the studio right now. Rick Mitchell, we're giving you the shout out on our podcast. <laughs> Way to go, Rick. Props. So, but, uh, and I, you know, I, I remember thinking about this, like, get this. So I actually considered, because I, I have uh, some uh, gambling slips, some, some futures bets that I want, like the Cubs winning the division, last season that I need to cash, right? And so I was thinking about getting away to Las Vegas real quick, use some unused miles and getting out of here and, and, and then, you know, just riding it out there. And then I said, no, it's not going to be that. But, you know, it'll be fine. You know, plus, I didn't want to be in a situation where, you know, I wasn't at home. 
you know, it's... I'm regretting that decision. <laughs> I should have should have hopped on a plane. Gromer, you I, and I... You Ted Cruz, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you and I, Gromer, it's interesting because I'm born in Buffalo, New York. You're in Chicago. Yep. I mean, we're used to cold weather. This was a whole different animal. It's one thing being used to cold weather when the power's working. Exactly. You know, when you're out or when you're in a, you know, bundled up and you go in and, and, it, and you, you don't have to worry about power being out. And so, you know, I, I can remember thinking, wow, this is cold. And, and this is as cold as I remember ever being, especially, you know, around that Monday, uh, Tuesday period. So, uh, th there's something to that. And, and also, and I talked to uh, Rick Mitchell about this earlier. It's the mental game of it, too, the mental aspect of, God, is my power going to go out? Well, and you, when it does, how, how we talked about When we talked stuff. about this, we had both, Gromer and I had both lost power for, for a couple of days. And then when we finally thought we had it back and we weren't sure, you go to bed and you, you really can't sleep because right. you're wondering if you're going to lose your power. But the... The good thing for both Gromer and I, and I think I can speak for both of us, we were among the lucky ones. Yes, because when you, and this is to, Julie, this is what's so tragic about this situation. When you talk about ERCOT and, and, and all the, everything that has to be examined and fixed and, and done moving forward, uh, it doesn't bring comfort to, to the families of those who suffered and lost people during this this crisis during this this horrible tragedy from you know folks starting to getting in their cars and and trying to stay warm and and being overwhelmed by carbon monoxide to to just everything and so that's what's so terrible about this this isn't a situation where you're cold for a few days and and then you just move on people actually lost lives and and, and property and treasure and I, it's just hard to get past that. This is not one of those storms where the sun goes up and it all goes away. Right. I mean, yeah. the snow melts, but there's still some major problems here. And people are dealing with and people. People lost their lives. People have major home problems. And it just, again, like we said, starting this off, this is a week we'd all like to put behind us. Yeah, I usually joke with my friends in, in Chicago because while we were having this situation, they had uh, eight, over 18 inches of snow dumped on them and you know, this just kept on moving. And we were always joke about Texas or Dallas area winters, like a weekend winter, you know, then yeah. 60, 70, the next day everything melts and, and everything's fine. This wasn't that and, and, and they were stunned by it just, just as we were, you know, people across the country. This was a international story this it was international and i think too you know we had people were so cold and it's not i always say to people you know when you're really hot you take a shower and you're not a, you feel better when you get that bone chilling cold for a long period of time it takes a long time to not be cold yeah and think about the messaging it's, it's bone chilling cold out there it's really cold but we're going to have to reduce the yeah, power. Conserve. To conserve. conserve. So, you know. You know, I mean, it was hard. You know, even when people, when people, it, just, uh, when, you know, madness. when Gromer and I talked about this too, and we did get our power back, we conserved. I mean, we did. And it was just a hard week. And hopefully next week when we put this show together, we have a little more to smile about. Yeah, and, and we will. And we'll all get through this as a community. But uh, hopefully next time, 
uh, everything will be much better. All right, Gromer. I'll see you next week, okay? All right. All right drive safely. All right. All right. Stock, you got to restock. Um, get, you know, I've got to get some groceries, yeah. yeah. All right. Take care of you. Thanks to State Rep Craig Goldman and Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins for joining the show this week. You can stay up to date on everything related to Texas politics at NBCDFW.com slash Lone Star Politics. We'll talk to you next week.